trust you find your found your place in in first John chapter four. First John chapter four for the preaching of God's word tonight. Thanking God for his precious word and how vital it is to living this life and that it gives us direction, instruction, correction, encouragement, nothing like it. Tonight I'll be reading verse number 17. First John chapter 4 and verse number 17. And we stand as we honor God by the reading of his word. The Bible says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for being a great and awesome God. We thank you for loving us even when we don't deserve it. Thank you for the privilege we have to pray to you and to seek your face, your divine intervention in all various circumstances. Dear Lord, we are thankful for the fact that you are still in control. And we thank you again for your word. I pray that you would use it tonight in a special way to speak to each and every heart. I pray that you would be honored and glorified through everything that is said and that our decisions would reflect a desire to serve you, to love you more, and to let you work in our hearts and lives. Thank you again for your goodness. May you take full control. And if there's someone here tonight who does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, may tonight be the night of their salvation. Stir the heart of every believer. Give me the words you'll have me to say. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you will do through it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You are seated. If you have been engaged in job searching, you would know that it can be a stressful time. It is a time when you recognize that while you may be earnestly and desperately seeking for a position, there are other individuals and applicants who are also vying for the same position. And so the goal of any applicant who wants to be successful must be to stand out at every opportunity so that you can be the last one left standing for that coveted position. As such, at every stage of that job application process, whether it's an inquiry that you may have made at a job fair, whether it's the submission of a resume, whether it's the initial interview or subsequent interviews, the eventual job recipient must be distinctive, must stand out as the choices for the job are narrowed down. Distinctiveness in a job search is required in order to get a particular position. However, distinctiveness in the Christian life is required because we have a job. I hope you didn't miss that. 
distinctiveness in a job search is required in order to get or to acquire a particular position by way of a job. However, distinctiveness in the Christian life is required because we already have a job. Amen? And that job is to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. We are, after all, ambassadors for Christ. This responsibility is of great significance and importance, and my friend, it ought not to be taken lightly. The Apostle John speaks to this matter of Christian distinctiveness throughout this epistle of 1 John, and he communicates that our distinctiveness is, is not founded in human effort but rather it is based on a supernatural process that God has wrought inside of us. And as a result, ultimately, the evidence of our distinctiveness as believers ought to be something that is very natural, something that takes place because of the outer working of what has taken place inside of us. The Christian life is lived inside out. God does something supernatural in our hearts and in our lives because of his great love that he's loved us and because of what has taken place on the inside, it manifests itself in some distinctive living on the outside. John gives a number of distinctive characteristics in chapter 4. That these are to be clearly evident in the life of a believer. In verses 7 and onwards, we saw, uh, first of all, that every believer, because of the love of God that's manifested and shed abroad in our hearts, we ought to have an instinctive desire to pattern the sovereign. Look at verse number 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. My friend, it ought to be natural for Christian people to love. We ought to pass on the sovereign. We notice, secondly, that we ought to also, of course, possess the spirit. If any person has not the spirit of God, he is none of his. Verse number 12, if we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. My friend, we ought to consider it a privilege of all privileges that the God of the universe would see it fit to live inside us. To guide us, to teach us, to convict us. To draw us to himself. And he does this by the indwelling of his Holy Spirit inside us. That, that's a distinctive characteristic of every child of God. A child of God ought to pattern the suffering. A child of God ought to possess, the, must possess the spirit. But we saw last week that the child of God also will profess the Savior. Look at verse number 14. He says, and we have seen and do testify 
that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. My friend, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And when God touches a heart, listen, that thing that, that, is, that is burning inside of that heart is spoken of through the mouth. We'll have a desire to testify of who he is. To proclaim his goodness. But notice tonight, I want you to notice in verse number 17. That another distinctive characteristic of a child of God. Is having a passion to serve. A passion to to serve. Uh, notice that, that this service comes about as a result of what has taken place on the inside. Look at verse number 17. It says, Herein is our love made perfect. Now this, this passion to serve comes about because of the love that has been deposited into our hearts. Notice that John had just spoken to the powerful engagement that, that takes place when we are in God and God is in us. We saw that in verse number 16. And so he makes this statement and this transition in verse number 17. Hearing or as a result or therefore is our love made perfect. My friend, because of what God has done inside of our hearts, the supernatural miracle that's called salvation that, that takes place, here's what's going to happen. You're going to spiritually advance in maturity. When John says our love is made perfect, he, he's not saying that this is some kind of instantaneous transformation. He's talking about maturing. He's talking about growing, moving on towards perfection. Understanding that this God of the universe who has now seen it fit to indwell us through his Holy Spirit, this God is the very epitome of love itself. The very expression of love. And John contends that this igniting of love inside us, get this, ought to create a passion to serve this God who loves us and has placed us in such a privileged position. This love that God has placed inside us, my friend, it ought to grow. Amen? We ought to be maturing in love. When we serve God, we ought not to be serving God by constraint. We ought not to be serving God because we are pulled and tugged and pushed. We ought to be serving God because we are overwhelmed by his love for us. There are a lot of crazy things that people do in the name of love. Amen? Don't be shy. It's all of us. At some point or another. 
I'm not saying presently. I'm saying at some point, all of us have done some crazy thing because of in the name of love. Sometimes, notice I said in the name of love. Sometimes it wasn't always love. Sometimes it was infatuation. But I'm saying in the name of love. Now, if you can do some crazy thing in the name of love, shouldn't it be that we ought to be on fire for God because the God of the universe has loved us with a perfect love? Listen, when you serve God because of love for him, listen, it will keep you going. And here's what happens. Why John expresses the fact that, listen, this love will result in growth, in maturity, is because the more you serve him, the more you experience more of his love, the more you want to serve him. Because the more you uncover, the more you find to love. And so your appreciation for his love grows deeper and deeper. And that love, you then want to reproduce it. You want to reciprocate it. You want to share it with others because it has done something in your heart. You want to be like God to pass that on to others even when they don't deserve it because guess what? You received it when you did not deserve it. John says there's something about this love from God itself. Agape love that's going to result in spiritual growth. You're going to spiritually advance in maturity. I tell you, my friend. That's a distinctive characteristic that ought to be evident in a child of God. John says hearing is our love made perfect. But notice, John says, here's why this passion to serve is ought to be, ought to be so evident. He says, you're also going to secondly strive for the approval of the master. He says, herein is all love made perfect, look at this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Notice, we are talking about why we do what we do. Motive is so very important when it comes to serving God. Listen, because we're going to get some harsh disappointments in this life. We're going to have some circumstances and situations that simply don't go the way we expect. We're going to have some people to do some things that simply can be in the mean bucket. They can be put in the category of nothing but pure hate. And if we're not running on the right fuel, if we're not motivated by the right passion, if we're not injected with the love of God, listen, it can trip you up. 
But John says, when it comes to this passion to serve, we have to be striving for the approval of the master. It's simply saying that when it comes to serving this great God, this passion that's evident in our hearts and in our lives that seemingly uh, on it just cannot be extinguished, it's because, listen, I know that you're doing some stuff that might discourage me, but understand, it's not about you. It's not about me. I want to get his approval. And here's how this is connected to love. When you love someone, you want their approval. You get excited to see what their reaction is going to be like when you know you've done something special for them. You know, you, you've ever been to surprise parties? I know you, most of you probably would have been at some point. You ever been to a surprise party? What was the highlight of the surprise party? The highlight of the surprise party is when you're there in the dark or when you're, you're waiting to, 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 un, to lead, unleash the, 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 the surprise of all that he's been planning for, for however long. You're waiting to see the reaction of the person who's so unsuspecting of all that's been done. You want to see whether they approve of what's been done. To see the happiness on their face. If that person somehow renders an expression of disapproval as a result of all the hard work and all the planning, I promise you we'll be disappointed, won't we? Because that's what we desire. We want to see them approved, happy. We want their approval. Our happiness is linked to their happiness. My friend, when it comes to this thing of serving God, we want to strive for his approval because seeing that smile of approval on his face will make it worth it all. John is saying, that's why I have to have a passion to serve. That's why I have a passion to continue to love even when it hurts. Why? Because he, his approval is the ultimate objective. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9 and 10. He says, wherefore we labor. We work. We, we, we serve. I mean, we, we, we put effort. As they would say, blood, sweat, and tears. We labor. That word has the indication that, listen, this is not an easy task. But we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. The Apostle Paul is not talking about working for your salvation. He's talking about having the approval of the Savior. He says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We sing that song, it will be worth it all. 
when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. But can you imagine how our hearts would feel when we see Jesus to see a smile of approval on his face to say, my child, well done. And I tell you, with a goal like that, that'll keep you going. You know what's so twisted oftentimes? That rather than be focusing on having the approval of the Savior of the world, sometimes, sadly, we seem to settle more for the approval of people. The pastor didn't call my name. This person didn't notice all that I did. I mean, it's good to be acknowledged. It's good to be recognized. But listen, why have that recognition and God not pay attention? John says, when it comes to having a passion to serve, let it be motivated and inspired by a desire to have the approval of this master so that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. As I think of this verse, boldness in the day of judgment, I think of for young people. It's, 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 it's like having confidence in a day of reckoning. Or young people having exams coming up. There's some exams that you, you, you go into and if you know you've prepared adequately, listen, you've done the work you've 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 put in the time you go into that exam and you know you're ready you're confident that i'm gonna do well so you're going not overconfidently but you're going with boldness now i'm ready young people you are real quiet on me they are saying pastor i'm not there yet where you gonna get there you put in the work. But, but it's, it's an idea of, listen, I'm ready. I've, I've done due diligence. And now that the time of reckoning is at hand, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be timid. I'm not going to back up because I've put in the work. He says we strive that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. But notice thirdly and finally, by way of this distinctive characteristic, a, a passion to serve Notice, he says, because as he is, so are we in this world. You know what the apostle John was saying? He was saying that as it relates to my passion to serve this master, here's what I must come to the realization. That what I'm doing here on earth it is a specially assigned mission. I mean, this ought to cause us to pause 
when you realize that he's saying, why do I need to mature? Why do I need to strive for his approval? Because while I'm here on earth, I'm actually supposed to be just like Christ. As he is, so are we in this world. We are to be images of him. My friend, when you think about this, it gives Christianity a whole new meaning than that that is often portrayed. It means then that what we do, how we act, how we think, how we talk, how we love, how we serve, it ought to be representing and reflecting none other than Jesus Christ himself. What a major responsibility. It means then that when people look at us, the mission, the goal, the objective, the agenda ought to be that when they look at us, who do they see? Jesus. As I thought of this, I had to challenge myself, and I'm challenging us tonight. Do we really take this seriously? Based on the things that we justify in our lives. Based on the things that we tolerate in our own selves. I'm not talking about other people. Based on the things that we allow. Do we really understand that our responsibility is to be images of Jesus Christ. If we really take that seriously in every aspect of what we do, say, think, and let it permeate every aspect of our being, I promise you, we will be different people. We hear that song, song here, do they see Jesus in me? I fear sometimes we figure, Jesus, you understand. That was for you, but you can't really expect me to do that. Really? Is that what Jesus expects? There must be a passion to serve. You know, people often minimize the importance of service. Oh, I have my faith and I have my belief and I keep it to myself. I... But Jesus came to this earth to serve. And here's the thing about service. We saw that in the verse in where the Apostle Paul says we labor. Service requires effort. Sacrifice, discipline, 
dedication, devotion. Keep in mind the emphasis to be like Christ. When we really take this for what it's worth, I firmly believe there are things that we allow and we justify that I firmly believe Jesus must just hang his head really in shame. Not for himself, but for us. Here's what I'm saying. When you think of what Jesus did, what Jesus endured in going to the cross, think of the agony, the pain, the suffering, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, in every aspect. Think of what he endured for you and for me by way of serving us, giving up his very life because of the love that motivated him to do that. Now juxtapose that. Put that next to sometimes the excuses that we put forth to the same Jesus for why we can't serve him. I can't come to church tonight. I have a, a little toenail that's hurting. I'm preaching to the choir because you're here. But sometimes the excuses or the things that we can't do for this great God, it belies logic for what he has done for us. Love demands service. You know, it's okay to be in pain to serve this God. Amen? Can you imagine if when Jesus was going on the way to the cross, every time he felt a little pain, he said, you know what, boy, I can't go again. How would he get there? It was motivated by his passion, driven by love. So next time you find yourself, and we find ourselves in a situation where it hurts, it's painful, it's hard, it's difficult. Let's think to the cross. Let's think, think about what Jesus did. What he suffered. What he endured. Because of love. And I promise you, when we put it into that perspective, some of the things that we figure are too hard. We can't do this. We can't do that. We can't be bothered with this. I had a long day at work. I can't do that. That's too hard. It might be hard. I promise you. But 
to think about the cross. Think about what Jesus did. Think about your desire for approval of him. Let it be that these things ignite and fuel a passion to serve him more and more each day. Why? Because we love him.